0: Hi, welcome to podcast number three, Speak Up Podcast for Advanced Care Planning in Canada. Today's subject is a national perspective on the history of advanced care planning in Canada. I'd like to introduce myself, Laurel Gillespie, Director of Advanced Care Planning at the Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association. Joining us today, we have Sharon Baxter, the current Executive Director of Canadian Hospice Palliative Care Association, and Louise Hanby, former Director of Advanced Care Planning in Canada. Welcome, ladies. Good afternoon, Sharon. Thank Louise. you for having us, Laurel. Thanks, Thanks Laurel. This is part one of a two-part series on the history of advanced care planning. And Sharon, you're going to lead the discussion and, and to teach us about the history. Thanks,
1: Laurel. You know, when we were t- thinking about when this all started, I guess it started in 2004 when Health Canada held a consultation in Winnipeg, Manitoba from with about 100 people from across Canada and we came up with a number of areas that we needed to work on. And one of the areas that was promoted by Dr. Romain Gallagher from BC was advanced care planning. It was 2004 and we hadn't really thought about advanced care planning at that stage. And, Did it really belong with hospice palliative care or was it broader and I guess we always thought that it was broader but that we wanted to take the lead role at that time and create a national movement around advanced care planning. I think we started talking about it at the Quality End of Life Care Coalition in 2006 at the national meeting that was held in January and we were talking about it with the 36 national groups that are members of the Quality End of Life Care Coalition of Canada. At that time it fit well with our blueprint of action that the coalition was using as our guide uh, to our work plan and we decided that we would try to find funding to do some work around advanced care planning. Um, CHPCA being the secretary for the Quality End of Life Care Coalition was chosen as the lead group to start work and we eventually called it ACP in Canada. We had a number of things that we did at that time. I think the biggest thing was we convened a national task force that would be um, leaders in Canada that could take the lead on advanced care planning. Remembering that it was early days and there weren't a lot of people that were working on this area. But there was people in Calgary and in Fraser Health in BC were starting to work on advanced care planning. So they were two of our lead groups that helped us get going with the... um, the National Task Force. We still have a National Task Force that guides the work of advanced care planning, but of course this was convened in 2006. Louise, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the environmental scan and the lit review that we did at that time.
2: Sure, Sharon. The task group really wanted to know what was going on in Canada around advanced care planning before they could make any decisions about Um, what kinds of recommendations to make. So we decided to do an environmental scan and a literature review. Sharon mentioned that um, Calgary and Fraser Health in uh, British Columbia were two communities that really were taking the lead in advanced care planning. And when we did the environmental scan, we found that in fact, those were the only two communities in Canada that had what, at what we would call dedicated programs they actually had resources and people that were working on advanced care planning across the rest of the country it was very spotty and not even patchwork really in some provinces and communities people weren't interested they didn't even really want to talk about it in others they knew it was important but they hadn't yet figured out what they would do about um, engaging people in advanced care planning, how they would do it, or even where they would start. We also did a literature review, and at that time there was no Canadian research that was reported in the literature review, in the literature, which was a gap that we identified, but the literature from other countries like the US and um, Australia indicated that when people engaged in conversations about their values, wishes, and beliefs, it had a number of positive effects. For example, they had, um, their wishes were more likely to be known and met. They had, they and their families had less stress and anxiety Um, as they approached their end of life. um, There was less um, sort of guilt and, and questioning by family and friends about the kinds of decisions that were made. So we knew that it made a difference when it was done well. The other thing that we found in the environmental scan and through the literature was that Canada, um, had a very different legal framework depending on what jurisdiction you were in. So the laws varied from province to territory to province to territory, as did the language, as did what constituted an advance care plan, uh, an advanced directive, etc. in the various provinces. We did a lot of interviews, key informant interviews, and the other thing we found was there was confusion around terminology and even an understanding of what advanced care planning was. Some people had a very narrow idea of what it should be, um, you know, at the very narrowest, focusing on things like do not resuscitate orders, whereas other people saw it as a broader conversation um, around values, wishes, and beliefs. So what was clear to us was that it was important that there be something that we, that something begin in Canada around advanced care planning that we could build on to communities that were doing well um, and that there was lots of work to do.
1: Thanks, Louise. I was just reflecting back to the timing of all this. You started in 2008 with us uh, heading up the the ACP in Canada initiative. I don't even know if we called it that at that time, but it morphed into the ACP in Canada initiative. Um, so back in the, over the winter of 2008 and 2009, we looked at having um, some meetings and we got funding from the federal government at the time to host two national meetings, one with provincial territorial representatives trying to, to push out the environmental scan that you did and the, the literature review and start having the conversations across every province. And even today, every province is now engaged in some way and with advanced care planning. But in those early days, there was really just the two provinces. So we held that meeting um, and um, we had a second meeting of the national NGOs that were involved. And most of them were from the Quality End of Life Care Coalition of Canada, which at that time had 36 national groups. Um, And and we presented the environmental scan and the literature review to them. Um, I think what happened from those meetings was that we had confirmation that we needed to look at a national initiative for Canada in advanced care planning, and that's what you took on the job of being the director of. And there were many, many iterations of it, but what we did do was we decided Early on, to cre- create our first draft of the national framework, which we released um, uh, sometime later, it went through a number of um, consultations and iterations over time, and um, it was always meant to be an evergreen document, but. Um, we didn't uh, necessarily always have funding to be able to look at the National Framework. So that original National Framework stood in place until just recently when we're actually looking at the new updated National Framework because um, obviously the environment has changed a lot over then. But I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the Framework since you were the one that actually took the lead in drafting the National Framework. Sure Sharon. The the um national
2: consultations that we did, the groups that we brought together, looked at some work that had been done by Fraser Health in Calgary, um, when they were, as they were developing and refining their advanced care planning programs. And they came up with a four pillar approach to advanced care planning, which then the national task group and the groups we consulted with at our roundtables really thought that it resonated with them. And what they focused on was engagement education, system infrastructure, and continuous quality improvement. And so it was decided at those national meetings that we would proceed sort of building on those four pillars and see how it resonated with the rest of the country. So what we did was we devised um, a a national um, survey that we sent out um, over two rounds of surveying to three levels to the national level, the provincial and territorial level, and the local level. And that survey involved um, governments at all three levels. It involved professional associations, it involved NGOs, it involved service providers, healthcare, um, and legal service providers um, in both the health and legal system. And we described to them what we meant by engagement, which meant basically getting people on board. Remember I said earlier that a lot of people weren't even interested in talking about advanced care planning. So engagement was really reeling people in. Education was, again, it was obvious, helping people understand what advanced care planning was and how to do it. System infrastructure was about having the resources um, in place that would enable advanced care planning to succeed. What we found was that in some places that were starting to get interested in advanced care planning, people were sort of doing this off the side of their desk. And the literature showed us it only works well if it's done in a resourced program um where where people have what they need in order to engage effectively in advanced care planning and finally continuous quality improvement Um, our framework as well as advanced care planning programs need to be continuously looked at and reviewed in light of the new evidence that is coming forward um, all the time so basically what the framework did was it provided um a, a a basis that people could use to plan programs, to evaluate programs, and importantly, to make their business case when they were trying to implement new programs in their communities at all levels.
1: Thanks, Louise. Um, You mentioned research a number of times while you were speaking and made me realize that we had a key partner in, in the research community by the uh, by CareNet, and they were our research partner and continues to do research in advanced care planning over the years. Dr. Um, Darren Hyland was the was the chair of the care net and we did a lot of introductory research at the early days so they were a key partner we had a number of key partners but i'll get into that a little later so in closing off part one of this two-part series i wanted to spend a minute or two to talk about the task group and the other network of champions that helped lead the the advanced care planning in canada initiative over the years we set out to to engage healthcare providers both those that were already working in advanced care planning, but those that were working in hospice and palliative care and those that were working in just healthcare generally that had an interest in advanced care care planning. We engaged with lawyers early on through the Canadian Bar Association. We of course had non-governmental organizational leaders generally coming from the Quality End of Life Care Coalition, but groups like the Canadian Cancer Society, the Canadian Nurses Association, many of the groups, I won't list them all, that have done work around advanced care planning in Canada were were key leaders in this work. And then many other decision makers and they created our national task force that oversaw the work at Advanced Care Planning through various iterations and many projects over the years. Um, and it, of course, is still going, but many of the groups have changed over the years, and where people are at has changed over the years. But without this network of champions over the years, we wouldn't have been where we are today. So for that, we thank them all.
0: I'd like to take the opportunity now to thank you, Louise Hanby, for joining us today, and Sharon Baxter and providing your insights and your uh, knowledge, your valuable knowledge on the history of advanced care planning in Canada, a national perspective. I'd like to thank our audience today also for listening to the part one of a two-part series in this subject matter. And if you'd like to learn more about advanced care planning and where we're at today, please look us up at www.advancecareplanning.ca or you can email us alternatively at info at advancedcareplanning.ca We look forward to you joining us for part two of this very interesting history on advanced care planning in Canada.
1: Thanks, Laurel. I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you and Sharon today. Yeah, thanks, Laurel. It's always fun to think about those early days and what the progress has been in the last... 10 11 years so i'm um, we'll look forward to part 2